Are you glad to be here? God is good to us, is he not? He is good to us. We've been sharing in the last few Sundays and Wednesdays leading up to uh, this coming Sunday night in our vision night. uh, We've been talking about things that have to do with vision for the house, but for it to for it to affect your life, it's got to be something that's in your heart. And so we've shared several messages along this line leading up to Sunday night. You need to be here Sunday. We're going to have a good time Sunday and really share and talk about the vision of the house and how to put legs to the vision, and and we're going to have a great time. So make sure to be here and be a part of that. Um, But Sunday, we talked about discipline and talked about what a disciple is and i want to read the definition that i gave you on sunday for disciple and a disciple is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another a disciple is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another disciple is a follower A disciple is a convert, a student, a flunky. A disciple is one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. And we know that the Great Commission was for disciples to make disciples. I'll say it like that tonight. The Great Commission was to go make disciples, but but Jesus was releasing that to his disciples to go make disciples. And, and someone who accepts the responsibility and assists in spreading the doctrines of someone else is somebody that believes in what that someone else believes in. And you and I have been, have been given the great commission to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and to make followers of other people of Jesus Christ. We want to we want to be disciples of Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ and to lead people in that revelation. So, tonight I want to just look at a few of the verses we talked about on Sunday and then I want to give you a couple of more. Um, in John chapter 8 and verse 31 turn there with me. John 8 and 31. And this is, a, this is a popular scripture, but I want to read it again. Um, so Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, if you hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. This they amplified. And you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Or the truth you know is what will make you free. Uh, I want to read that in the, in the New King James. It says, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. If you abide in my word is what makes you a disciple. 
if you abide in his word. Now, look over a, a few chapters to uh, John 15. And we read this on Sunday also, but I want to kind of tie those two passages together. And verse 1 says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. John 15 and 1. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You remember Steve Kelly here last week said that faithfulness is fruitfulness. We want to be faithful people that are that are bearing good fruit. He said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He said, I'm the vine, we're the branches. So he knows what his part is, we've got to embrace our part. He's the vine and we're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. But if you abide in me, watch this, and my words abide in you. Notice what he said in John 8. He said, if you, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples. If you abide in my word, then you're my disciples. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask Whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. This week, I was meeting with some with a certain person, couple, and they were telling me about something that they needed, some specific thing in their life that they needed. And as they spoke the need the word in me that abided in me because I abide in him. He's the vine, I'm the branch, and I realize I can do nothing without him, but I realize also that with him I can do anything. I can't do anything without him, but with him I can do any and everything. And he said, if I'd abide in him and let his word abide in me, then everything I ask, it'll be done. Well, when when this, this person talked about a need and they were asking for my agreement wow i could agree because i know what the will of god is see this word isn't just for me to have for me this word is for me to have for someone else right and when i'm faithful to the word it's going to cause me to bear fruit and when i'm faithful to abide in him and allow his word to get an agreement with someone else, and I'm training that person to see the power of agreement, then what am I doing? I'm making them a disciple of Jesus. I, I, I'm leading them to Him and the power that He produces, and when they see me doing that for them, what's going to happen? By example, they're going to go do that for someone else. That's what happens. That's what we do. But if we're just a bunch of selfish people to just think about ourselves and we never think outside the box and think about the lives of other people, then other people's lives don't get free. Then we just become a little club where we just want to bless each other. You know, I'll bless you, you bless me, and we're just blessed. You know, it's not enough. 
There's so much more that God has intended for you and I to do and to accomplish. And that's what we're going to talk about on, on, uh, on Sunday night. So, <clears throat> if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will and it shall be done. And if I allow the word to abide in me, then I'm his disciple and I'll know the truth and the truth will make me free. Well, free people can help other people be free. See, we've got to look at it in, in, its, in its perspective. It's not just about you and I being free. It's about me being free to help other people be free. That's the great commission. Go make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all people. Help people to become aware of the fact that God is here and he's here for them and he died for them and he wants to deliver them and he wants to set them free. That's what you and I have been put on this planet for. Amen? Now, in Matthew 7, turn there. Matthew 7. Matthew 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and he does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. The rock of what? The rock of Revelation. Jesus said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. We make disciples, he builds a church. We make disciples and he builds his church with those who are discipled after him. He said, you'll know the truth and the, and the truth will make you free. Here he says, a wise man built his house on the rock. But notice, notice this wise guy. He built his house on the rock, but even so, the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat against the house, but the house didn't fall. See, see, the house didn't fall. <laughs> you know, when, when years ago in, in, uh, in uh, Western times, and people, you know, it, Everything in this country started, or the majority of it started on the East Coast, and it worked away across the country to the West Coast. And those on the East Coast that got tired of the norm and they wanted to head out in their wagons and head west, it was always about heading west. You know, when someone wanted a challenge or wanted to conquer new lands, it was about uprooting and heading west. They'd get in their wagons and they'd move west and they'd find a place and you know, they come over a ridge. There was a day when somebody came over the ridge here in Kerrville and they said, it's like a good place to stop. We'll just make homestead here and we'll establish this place. Can you imagine? I mean, this hill was here in the, the mid-1800s when they came across here and they founded, you know, th this town, this hill right here was here. You know, but there was, there was no I-10, you know. There was no road up here. There were no fences. There were no fence lines. There was nothing. 
And they showed up one day and they, they cut a few trees down and they built a house here and there and there were Indians in the land and, you know, it was around the time of the Civil War and there was a lot of things that were going on. There was a lot of uncertainties and a lot of issues that, that, that were here in this area. But some people made up their mind that they were going to dig some deep roots and they were going to stay here, you know? And through the years, and, and you know what? I, I, I'm just going to tell you a few things about what I know about this area, and you can agree with me or not. It really doesn't matter. I'm just telling you what I think, okay? And when, when people got, got established here and they set up homesteads and, and they built churches and they begin to preach certain things. The revelation that was in the land, the revelation of God's word that was in the land in the 1850s is nothing like the revelation that's in the land in the year 2013. Everybody look at me and say, yeah, right, right? Revelation wasn't the same. But what happens with several generations of people is certain strongholds get established and people think that this is the way it is and then the thing that those past generations don't want is they don't want change they don't want nobody to change and we want it all to be the way it's been for the last hundred years and, and we want everybody to stay the same and think the same and we want the generations of people over the last hundred years or so that have come about you know as as the original people that maybe had some good thoughts and good ideas, now those, those ideas have been filtered through other people's ideas, and now some of it's not totally right. And there's some weird thinking and some weird ways. And over the last few years that we've been in this area, there have been, been some weird thinking here. I mean, some really weird thinking here. Okay? Don't put this message on the internet okay no there's been some real weird thinking here weird i mean weird i came from the rio grande valley and i thought there was some weird stuff there but you know what you were getting down there huh it was it was the majority of people that were that were catholics everybody say thank god for catholics amen faithful 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 to the bone people amen but there's a lot of witchcraft mixed into it you know i'm as witchcraft everywhere i mean a lot of witchcraft a lot of weird stuff that people ideas that people have but you knew what you were getting you know but but in this area for for years you kind of didn't know what you were getting and there's some strange ideas and some strange stuff and we came here we started making disciples of the word. That didn't mean that other people weren't, but we started making disciples of the word. And sometimes when you come into a place and into an area, you come in, and man, somebody's done some work. And they've plowed some rows, and they've dug up some stuff, and man, it's, they've planted some really good seed, and stuff has gone in the ground, and things are already moving up through the soil, and, and, and I mean, I mean it's at fruit-picking time. Sometimes you'll come in an area, and it's just time to pick fruit, and boom, things just explode. We came in here, and 
Man, not only was it not fruit picking time, it wasn't even planting season. In fact, it was uprooting time. And for the last number of years, we've had to uproot a lot of stuff. We've had to dig deep in the ground and we've had to undo some stuff and move some soil around and go in and grind some stumps, you know, because sometimes it's not enough just to cut it off at the top, you know, because then it keeps growing. One time I, we had some fig trees in our backyard, another house we lived in, and, uh, and, and, you know, the first year I didn't like those fig trees, so we cut them down. Well, what happened is they came right back. I mean, it was like from one night to the next. It was like there was no fig tree, and then there's a fig tree. Where did it come from? And then the thing came back. And so somebody said, but that's what you do with fig trees. You cut them down, and they come back, and they bear more fruit. <sighs> so I found a guy that wanted figs, so for several years, I'd cut them down, and they'd grow back, and cut them down, and they'd grow back, and cut them down, and he'd, he'd get all the figs off of them, and his wife would put them in jars and do all that stuff. I wanted rid of those fig trees. So I found out how to get rid of them. You go and you cut it and you do some other stuff and you grind the stumps up and then you cut slits and down inside of it. I mean, you do all, so they told me how to do it. And you know what? They didn't grow back. And it took a lot of time to do that. It takes a lot of time to dig stuff up and then replant so that you can bear great fruit. Well, I'm just telling you this and we'll talk extensively about it on, on Sunday night, but it's time to bear fruit. We've dug, we've dug up a lot of stuff, and, and we've been here for a purpose, to make disciples, and to help people change their thinking so that they can prosper, because you can't stay in the past and prosper. But it's fruit-picking it, it's fruit-bearing time. It's time in this hour, in this day, to bear fruit. And we've been wise with the Word of God, and we've sown the Word, but we've let the Word do a lot that it's supposed to do, and we've sown the Word in the ground, and along the way, there's been rains, and there's been floods, and there's been wind, and it's beat against the house, and it's tried to destroy it, but it didn't fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock and the rock of revelation. And that's what disciple makers do. They make more disciples with the things that's working in them that they believe in. And people that believe by faith that something is true teaches other people how to believe by faith. And, and we live in a world and a society when people want to see something before they believe it. But God says the seeing is in the believing. And that's what we've dug deep to help people get established in. And that's what we're going to continue to do. But the day to go out and find the people and bring people in to give them what we have is right now. This is the day. And this is the hour. And this is what we'll talk about on Sunday night. So you don't want to, you don't want to miss it. Amen? Now, just to tie this up tonight, I want to give you something that I want you to really think about. And um, in 1 Corinthians 9 and 19, I want you to look at this passage. 1 Corinthians 9 
and 19. And the Apostle Paul says this. Paul says this. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, no restraints, no nothing, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, I became as weak, though that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now, who else could we put in the Scripture there? To the what did you become? To the outcast. What what, what did you say? To the poor. You became poor that you could win them over from being poor. To the outcast, you became like an outcast. To the fearful, you got down on their level of fearfulness. Not to become fearful. What he's saying in parentheses there is that he said, I came down to the level of, of a fearful person not to become fearful, but to lead them to a place of being free from fear, right? So that I might win them. But you've got to understand how and why somebody's fearful before you can help them be free. See, you come to them and say, well, you know what? The Bible says Jesus hadn't given us a spirit of fear. Now, you're in sin for being afraid. Oh, my gosh. That's not going to help anybody. See, we're not going to win people that way. We've got to understand how to relate to people. We're in a society, in a world, where if you're born again and you're a believer of the Word, (laughs) more and more people everywhere believe totally contrary to how you believe. And if you believe in what you have and that, that... what you have is for other people, then you've got to become like them, yet not like them from a, from a law standpoint or from a truth standpoint, but become like them where you can relate to them so you, you can win them to God. We've got to become lovers of unbelievers, but remain Christ-like. Because people will never want what you have if you judge where they're at. Ever. People will never want what you have if you judge where they're at. And this is a time for you and I to pick the fruit in people's lives to go out and find the one as we talked about several weeks ago in the story of the 99 and 1. Leave the comfort of where we've been. Leave some of the old ways of thinking behind, trust God with where we're going and go find one 
and bring that one in and bring them to a place where their lives can be set free and delivered. Do you know how many ones are out there that need to be liberated and free? And if we're too busy and we're too much about our own life or we're too much about our programs or we're too much about inside the house instead of getting outside the house, then we'll never get people in the house where they can be liberated and free. Paul said here, he said, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23, that this I do for the sake of who? Of the gospel. That I may be partaker of it with you. That I may partake with each other. We might be partakers of this thing with each other. See, as we win people and we learn how to win people. How many you could say in here, I mean, just be honest with me. I want you to raise your hand. That it, it's a nervous thing to think about ministering to someone else or being a blessing to someone else. It, it makes you nervous just thinking about it. Yes. Anybody? Yeah, just, just say, okay. So there's nothing wrong with being nervous. In fact, in fact, I, I would think... If you haven't done much of that, you would be nervous. If you've never done it before, you know. But, but here's the thing. What we're going to do and what we're going to train in the future is helping people to do it naturally. You don't have to be like someone else. You don't have to put on some mask and, and all of a sudden go out and, and, and be this thing and have some kind of lingo and talk to people that's unnatural to you. Just talk to them about what God's done in you. So when you abide in the Word and, and you abide in Him and His Word abides inside of you and it's working in you, I, I'm telling you, when you come across someone that in five minutes they'll tell you their whole life story and you find out the needs in their life, all of a sudden the Word that's in you begins to come out of you and in, 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 in a way that they can relate to it, you'll have the wisdom of God in how to minister to them. And you don't even have to necessarily be trained in a class on how to do that. There's nothing wrong with classes. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will lead you in things like that. But you just have to know you can do it in your own skin. Your way, remaining Christ-like and staying in line with God and not being somebody that has, you know, well, you know, there, I have to do this with no strings attached. No, there's strings attached. There's, there's, there's requirements that God gives us about the way we're to live our life and how we're to minister to other people. But I tell you what, it'll work every single time. Amen. It will work every single time. Watch this, and I'll, I'll end with this last piece. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection less. Watch, notice, he, he didn't go from 19 to 23, verse 19 to verse 23, and say one thing and then change. What he was saying from 24 to 27 was to enforce the point. Because look what he says at the end here. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection less, watch, 
when I've preached to others and I've shared with others, I myself shouldn't become disqualified. Loving people that don't believe and accepting them just the way that they are puts that much more responsibility on the way we should live. If you're here today and you've been saved for a month or you're not even born again, I'm telling you today, God loves you and accepts you just like you are. You've been saved for 50 years. God accepts you just like you are. But if you've been saved and the Word abides in you and you're abiding in God and you're developing your relationship and life with God, for you to be right is so vital for the success of other people. See? Because if we're not right... And people come to us and we lead them to God, but then we don't have anything beyond that. We don't have any ability within ourselves to make disciples after Jesus, then their thinking doesn't change. Then what profit is it that they come into the kingdom other than they don't go to hell? What profit is it that they come into the kingdom and they don't have anybody to lead them to a new place? You know what happens? The church growth gets stunted. I'm talking about the worldwide church of God. The growth of the church is stunted because God won't build His church with undiscipled people. We're living in a time we got to grow up, we got to take responsibility for who we are, for our actions and our ways, and then begin to take responsibility for the loss like we never have. Ever. But in the right way. God wants people saved. But more than saved, He wants them discipled. Amen? And Sunday night we're going to talk about what a discipleship church looks like. That's what we are. We've always been that. But we're taking on a new face and some new, just altering some things in, in a certain way that's just going to make it more, there'll be more of an understanding about as a unit how we're going to accomplish this task of making disciples of every person that comes across our path. Amen? Can you say yes? You know, you know a verse that I really like as I end with this? And you can go look it up. Uh, I really like it. I'm trying to remember what it is. It's Romans, uh, it's Romans 2 4. And it says, it says a few things, but one of the things it says in that verse is, is that the kindness of God, the kindness of God leads a man to repentance. Not the judgment of God. Mm -mm. No. Not the judgment, not the harshness of God, but the kindness and the compassion of God is what leads a person to a place of wanting to make a difference and make a change in their life. And that's what we have a responsibility to do tonight. Can you say amen? So Sunday, we're going to end this the following week, following Wednesday and Sunday and on. We've got new series that are going to start. And, uh, but make sure to come Sunday night and as you've listened and meditated, taken notes from all the messages that we've shared over the last few weeks uh, leading up to Sunday night, I'm telling you, we, we will leave Sunday night in here. And I'm, I'm not trying to set it up with something, you know, it's not like we're going to have a circus carnival in here or some kind of deal, you know. I'm just saying that after Sunday night, we're going to leave here with a greater understanding together as a unit how we're going to accomplish the great commission of God. Amen? Because I'm telling you, if the church is about the business of God, we can't help but advance and prosper and be successful at what we do. Can you say amen? Father, tonight we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. 
Lord, as we abide in you and, and, and in your word, we ask what we do, what we ask that's according to your will is done and accomplished. We believe that tonight. Lord, tonight in this house and over the lives of your people, I was impressed during worship very strongly. I was impressed during worship to bind the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, to, to take authority and bind and call those things down out of their high places, reminding them that they're defeated and they have no power over this planet, reminding them that they are defeated foes. Jesus defeated them at Calvary, and we declare today that every hindrance that there is out there to the advancement and the salvation and the deliverance of people's lives, every hindrance is being removed in Jesus' name. Every mental block that is out there in people's minds trying to keep them from moving forward in the kingdom or initially through salvation, we declare that those hindrances are removed tonight in the name of Jesus. That the greater one is inside of us, and because he's inside of us, we can do all things through Christ, who is our strength, our power, and our dominion. And tonight I declare in the name of Jesus for financial freedom for people's lives, for supernatural breakthrough financially in the lives of people in this day and hour, even though in the world, and the world has been framed by fear and doubt and unbelief where finances are concerned, in the world that we're living in, we're framing our world with what God says is true. Lord, we thank you that we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're blessed coming in and going out, and everything that we set our hand to is prospering tonight in the name of Jesus because who you are in our lives. And we give you all the praise, Father, and all the glory tonight. And everybody said amen and amen.